The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode, or should I say session, of the KickPod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, and after a week's absence, I am back making another episode. No, I can't uh, kind of get away from the podcasting world for a bit just to get things organized in my um, own little world. So, of course, now I'm back. And um, I am back to give you the next episode, which is I'm going to highlight the style known as Tank Sudo. And if you have listened to my one of my previous episodes, I highlighted um, Bruce Lee's hybrid style of Juku Do. And I compared it to the martial arts style that I study, which is the Chuck Norris system. And speaking of the Chuck Norris system... Um, that's what um, Tank Sudo is. Well, that's what Tank Sudo is based on, or should I say, that's what the Chuck Norris system is based on, Tank Sudo. All right. So the whole idea of hybrid styles, you have that particular person that becomes interest in that and the, what they observe. Like, of course, um, usually years ago, I mean, you just had a style. I mean, you just had one style. I mean, you didn't have like a. A handful of styles to study to make your own make your own thing make your own style so this goes back 75 years so you're looking at uh, towards the end of world war ii but pretty much the development of the whole style started before or within world war ii like either the beginning or during world war ii and this goes back to when japan occupied korea and a gentleman by the name of wong cut lee of course he's the founder of the korean uh green style of tank sudo of course there's two sides of um, tank sudo there's the korean style and there's the american tank sudo which was created by chuck norris before he created his own style of the chuck norris system all right, so a lot of notice, notable people, or notable, notable practitioners of Tank Sudo. Of course, you got Chuck Norris, his brother Aaron Norris, uh, Pat Johnson, Bob Wall. Of course, you've seen him in the movie The Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Cynthia Rothrock. Of course, she's a known martial artist in the movies, as well as Chuck Norris. Another movie actor. Michael J. Michael J. White. All right, he's a practitioner of the style. All right, you see most of these actors. Um, well, think of just thinking about Michael J. White. If you like seen movies like um, Never Back Down Three, yeah, I definitely mentioned that in one of my episodes about how he talked about in martial arts, like you're there not to. To perfect to perfect your technique, you know, with minimum effort and maximum maximum results. 
So definitely, if you ever have seen that movie, yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, really take a look at that movie, The Never Back Down 3. Yeah, he really breaks down of why why we punch, or should I say, a proper way of punching. All right, so definitely, he really narrows that down. All right, going into the whole um, Tank Pseudo style. All right, of course, you have one Koo Lee, of course, around the World War II, like when Japan occupied um, Korea, you know, definitely Japan definitely um, would, should I say, restrict people from learning their style, their own style. The, the style around Korea, the style in Korea around that time was a style known as Subak and Subak and uh, um, Takayan. And when you think of Takayan, you think of another style known as Taekwondo. The, the first word Thai, that's where it comes from. All right. And as far as Subak, both of these styles, Takayan and Subak, are basically fighting styles. Of course, this is not about doing proper kata. It's basically using your hands and feet to take down your opponent. I mean, that was the style. So with Lee, he observed someone, uh, let's just say a, a practitioner of um, a Subak or Tabkayim, was defending himself against multiple attackers. All right, so he observed this. Of course, the the Japanese, um, should I say the Japanese government? Yeah, I'll just say that. They um, forbidden anybody from studying any style of um, Korea. I guess it felt like it was a threat to them. It, I guess they feel like if you study a martial arts, that made you feel more powerful. Right, so you were under their rules and you were allowed to study anything. So, of course, he was forbidden. Then that would get him to travel to China where... Of course, he had the knowledge of the Subak or Takayan. And um, he would use that and would definitely find um, a, uh, a teacher, a master that would teach him like North, like North style Kung Fu. Of course, North style would be more stronger than the Southern style. So... Definitely, he would spend time learning that style of Kung Fu and then would come back and then would, um, would definitely evolve, would definitely evolve that into the style known as, um, Tank Sudu. Of course, that would just, um, get things started for him. And of course, another person, um, known as, uh, Huang Li, another Li, of course, he would um, be the founder of an organization that would taught Tang Sudu, which is Mu Du. Well, I'm trying to say it's uh, it's uh, Mu Dek Du Mu Dek or Mu Duck uh, Quan. So that I know, I don't know if I said it right, but you know, that's the organization. That um, they created just to uh, teach 
well, sort of a kind of monitored what um, the instructors are teaching. You know, there was like five known schools that were created after World War II. So all those would, um, schools would teach Tengsudu. And of course, um, some styles would take the style Tengsudu and create the known style also made in Korea, Taekwondo. All right, so with Taekwondo, it seems things were modified. So basically, when you think of um, most hybrid styles, you're taking a style that you observe or you're studying, and you kind of modify things into your own um, into your own thing, like your own style. Like you kind of modify the moves into something that you're comfortable with. So that's the thing about what Mr. Chuck Norris does, or Grandmaster Norris did. He took what he learned from Taekwondo, brought it to the United States, and and designed the um, the American tuxedo. And then from there, he would create his own style of the Chuck Norris system, well, formerly known as Chung Cut Do. Right. So with this, you would definitely well with this with this um you would definitely not only use uh, similar techniques from styles but also forms katas yeah you use that and then you got the belt system and of course you to look more presentable when you're a practitioner you would wear a karate gi uh, in this case you would um wear a karate gi and some karate styles require you to wear patches like for mine for the chuck norris system like when I get when you at least get to get ready to test for purple belt, you have you're required to wear or become a member of the organization. You know, the organization organization that I'm in is known as um, UFAF. That stands for United Fine Arts Federation. So that's that's the acronym of um, or should I say that's the abbreviation of uh, UFAF. Oh no, of the I should say that's the acronym. UFAF is an acronym of the United Fine Arts Federation. All right, so that's the thing. And the organization really matters of how you're teaching your students. I mean, if you're teaching it wrong, they'll know about it. And that's the thing about the testing. If you're, you're testing for a black belt, and of course, um, probably back then, you probably wouldn't have, you would have like, should I say the grandmaster who was in Korea would come to your, like your school and he wouldn't tell you, he would tell you if you passed or you failed. It's based on if you're doing things right, if things being taught right. If things weren't getting taught right, then the grandmaster would bring it to your attention. So it's always best to know what is done right. No. When you're doing a style, when you're creating your own style, you're definitely setting things in stone until further notice. And that's the thing with the Chuck Norris system. Everything's getting modified. Let's just say modif not changed, but modified into something that's going to work in a situation or something that felt feels comfortable to what the, the practitioner or should I say the creator wants. So that's the whole idea. All right, so with the belt system, it's no different than what I do 
in the Chuck Norris system. But the only difference is, you know, with the Chuck Norris system, we go from white, gold, purple, orange, blue, blue, green stripe, green belts, green solids, and you got green sh- first red stripe and green first second stripe. Then goes the red belt, and then you go red, um, red stri- black stripe, and then you go red with a solid black. Well, before the warrior was changed, it used to be uh, red with two two stripes. But now, when you get a a first, well, get a first Q belt. That's what we call them. We call them by ranks. Usually, they call them Qs, and we call them gups. So that's the term for like your your rank or your level that you're in. So say first gup, you would get a a red belt with a black strip in the middle. So definitely that's the first gup, and then now would then after that it would be the black belt test. All right, so I don't know how black belt testing is with Tank Sudo, but I would know that the Grand Master, the or should I say the person that's um in charge of the organization would definitely come to the school and you'll be tested. All right, so the belt system for Tank Sudo, of course, you got the white belt. Yeah, you get like, there's the white belt, there's the orange belt, there's the green belt, brown belt, red belt, and then probably for, for before black, you get like the midnight blue. Usually at the red belt, you would think you get the black belt, but in this case, you get like a midnight blue. It's almost like a, a dark blue. So it's look like a black belt. But in this case, it was it's just to show you that um, that is like it's a maturity, respect and honor. So every belt has like a meaning to it. So basically white belt, you're a seed. You're being planted to the ground and then you're given like the basics you're given water and you're given sunshine. So that's the basics of of the seed of you of you as the seed. You know, you're getting the basics of how to grow. So definitely once you are familiar with the basics, of course, it'll be 3 to 6 months. You spend, well definitely 3 months you be like a solid solid um a solid white belt. And then from there, you would test for a white, a white belt with a, a orange stripe. So that would be getting you prepared for the next level. And that would take six weeks. So you're looking at a month and a half. And then of course, you would move on to solid orange. So it's just a new growth. So you're kind of getting out of the ground, but you're still got much to learn to grow. So you've got, of course, the orange. So you're looking at... Th- three three months that you're training to go to the next level would be orange green and that'd be four months then four months you wait to the next rank and then the green belt speedy development so you really are growing up you're learning how to lease you're growing to be a a tree but yet you gotta learn how to like develop leaves too so definitely you have to learn like like how to drink or at least how to look proper, how to look presentable. 
And then, of course, then you go like the two levels of green. You get green brown. And, you know, and then once you get the brown belt, then you got to then you focus on power. You like focus on power, stability, agility, weight and wisdom. So pretty much you're in that advanced level. So basically a brown belt would be equivalent to our green belt. So from pretty much green belt to to red belt. That's our, our advanced level. I mean, that's different levels of martial arts. You have the beginner stage, intermediate, and advanced. And of course, black belt would be expert. But yeah, when you're an expert, you still are a student. All right, so going on to red, that'd be another advanced level. So blood and life, energy, and attention and control. So basically, you're blossomed and you're ripe. So basically, you're a fruit. So before you can be actually picked you had to be ripe white ripe so really usually you're sweet you have that sort of maturity and yeah that would go to definitely midnight blue so that'll teach you maturity respect and honor so you pretty much you spend two years and then definitely it'd be black belt mastery calmness dignity and sincerity of course, that's the whole belt level with Tank Sudo. Alright, so basically, if you're looking at this, if you're looking to go into Tank Sudo, you're going to have to probably spend, I say, probably the, I'm guessing, four to six years before you get the black belt. And, you know, most people don't want to wait that long. They just want to get their black belt now. And that's, that's another term that we have to deal with is McDojo's. You know, you get these um, certain people that think they can buy their... Like, I mentioned this in a previous episode about, um, yeah, you're buying your belt offline and thinking that you're going to be a black belt. But nevertheless... Hmm, but thinking that you are going to have a... Um, thinking that you're going to have an easy um, going um, type of experience with martial arts if you just buy your belt offline which is pretty stupid and just i don't believe in giving belts out you know just so i can earn money you know i just don't want to deceive people you know these kids have to really understand that if you're gonna work for your if you're gonna work for something you gotta well if you want to get something you gotta work for it things are not given away easily okay so that's one lesson to least tell not only kids but uh, adults also all right it's going to be a long journey but if you're will, willing to take that journey and really get far then you have to really have the patience and the time to put in don't just think that things are going to give, be given to you all right so we go into the belt system now going to traditional forms basically demonstrating defensive attacks so this is what um, Lee really, not Bruce Lee, but um, Cutley was observing how to defend yourself against multiple attackers. And, you know, think about it. years ago, you know, you, you didn't get people, you didn't get the type of people that fought the way people fought today. Because really, if, if you're getting ganged up by multiple key people, all of them are going to come after you. And it's going to be, and you shouldn't focus on one person for a long time. But in this case, you're against like multiple attackers and all they do 
all you know how to do is punch. Let's just say that. All the attackers know how to punch. And of course, you would know how to defend yourself against um, multiple attackers. You know, for a single punch coming at you, you want to throw least minimum techniques. All right, so in this case, um, the forms, which are similar to ours, but this is pretty much where we get them from. So you got the Hyungs, the basic forms of um, martial arts. Uh, and yet, um, most of these katas come from Shotokan. And all right, so mostly basic sh Okinawa karate. And definitely these katas are modified. So you got the Hyungs, which are the basic katas. Of course, you've got the Kicho, which I'm not familiar with, but, you know, that's something that our style doesn't have, or the style I study. But yet, I guess um, usually Chuck Norris picked, like, the certain katas that he would think that this, the practitioners would do, or definitely students would do. So definitely the high youngs were easy. It's just basic two to three moves. That, um, that will teach you um, changing directions. Of course, you will go on to the advanced katas, which are peons. Yeah, peons. Or, yeah, it's P-I-O-N. Or it would be spelled as um, P-Y-U-N-G. Yeah, that's peon. Then from there, there was another advanced kata known as basai. And then there was known by another other names like of the Basai is Pasai, Basai Dai. So there was like different variations, different versions of this kata. So the kata that I'm familiar with is um the one I learned in my style. So that's like the forms. So you would learn from beginner kata, so the basics of how to change directions and use simple techniques to kind of bubbling up to advanced level so advanced katas using basically not the same techniques every time just a mixture of um techniques and then it will go to advanced where things kind of speed up you're going to use different forms of techniques that seem unorthodox but effective okay so another thing that's a part of um of Tengsudo, which is familiar in my style, is one step sparring. Where definitely you're getting you're it's a one on one fight. You're against one person throwing a single punch to your head. And the idea is the um, the person defending the the person that's getting attacked has to come up with a block attack takedown sequence. So usually with our style, we used to we teach the basic one steps. All right, so we teach our basic UFAP one steps, something simple that the the students could really take a look at, and then we kind of evolved that. Like years ago, we had that, and then we had the advanced one steps, which is hardly being taught today, because it's not really much of a factor in testing. But we still teach it just the uh, give people an idea and then from there we have um we used to do something called made up one steps where we create our one our own one steps based on what we learned from um 
the basic one steps. And then now, today, we do something called rapid fire one steps, which is basically we don't we're not we're not thinking about it. We're just reacting to getting attacked. So somebody throws an attack at us, we're not thinking about it. We're just going at them. We do different blocks, different cover-ups. This basically was taken from the style known as Krav Maga. That's another style that we're trying to incorporate into the Chuck Norris system. You know, the only th well, one thing that's different between the Tank Sudo and the Chuck Norris system, of course, Tank Sudo doesn't focus on groundwork, but we kind of incorporated um, the groundwork in our style. So in this case, um, yeah, it's, that's that's the whole advantage of hybrid. You pretty much are taking different styles of martial arts and kind of put in your own style and in different situations. So you, you're going to fight a one-on-one -on -one person. You're going to fight multiple people. And from there, you're going to take the fight to the ground, which something that shouldn't be done in a street fight. I mean, you take a person down and, you know, you don't, focus on getting them in the arm bar or try to choke them out alright so I pretty much mentioned this before you don't want to be in a situation like that so pretty much the whole ground the ground fighting will be probably geared towards like uh, competition alright so definitely that's um, attacking with one step sparring Alright, so we go for basics, then advanced, then rapid fire. Alright, so really we're trying to evolve our style into something that gears more today. Because things are being posted on the internet and, you know, people are... That's the disadvantage of technology is that you have um, people posting fights on, um, on, on, on YouTube or Instagram or even Facebook, whatever the um, streaming services, then, you know, the disadvantages, you don't know who's watching. You can have that one, like one criminal, or should I say, really one criminal watch how people fight and then kind of use that tactic to, like, uh, really take things from people, like really commit a crime. Was, and then that's what that's the disadvantage of that so really the thing is always be careful of what you post online because one thing you could be the focus focus of attention of that person all right so another thing that is taught in tank sudo is free sparring i mean there's freestyle there's point sparring there's sometimes like uh yeah, continuous sparring. So this is something common in the Chuck Norris system. So we do sparring, but yeah, the thing is, the question is, I don't think they used equipment years ago compared to what we use now. All right, so definitely imagine if you're fighting without no equipment, you know, you're, when you're doing point sparring, you're trying not to hurt your opponent. You're just trying to do light taps. So just think about it. When you do point sparring, you're just getting the points and backing away. But with freestyle, I mean, the one thing you want to be careful, especially when the person doesn't have equipment on, is that 
you're trained no no you're trained to fight trained to fight somebody using sparring but you're trying to focus not to you focus on control also you want to control your technique as you're trying to get a point but most people you know people are just the type of people that just want to knock you out but usually that's why they have competitions like kickboxing or mma so with mma and kickboxing you're going there at your own risk but when you're in a karate studio i mean there's certain you have of course you have to sign a waiver i don't know of course years ago you didn't have waivers i mean you're just going to karate school and you're responsible for your control your techniques so the fact is if you're not in the control chances are you might get thrown out and not can teach you know you're teaching to defend yourself not to def inflict bodily harm on another person so that's just the thing with tanks though we always teach our students that you're using martial arts only for defense and not to physically harm a person and yeah going back to my previous episode just talking about the Cobra Kai series, you know, you have Cobra Kai, the, the Cobra Kai's tactics of strike first, strike hard, no mercy, versus the Miyagi Do, which is used karate for, only for defense. Now, if definitely there's been some, <laughs> been some controversy, or should I say, been some, um, yeah, should I say controversy with um, that series? You know, they all they're pointing to. Uh, Daniel Russo being the bad guy, considering that Johnny was trying to be the good guy. So when you think about the beginning of the series, I kind of feel like um, yeah, they, Daniel Russo was kind of rubbing his success in uh Johnny Lawrence's face a little bit, and then that kind of got Johnny Lawrence to um, kind of wise up and say, I want to. Get, get him back. I want to get back with Cobra Kai back. And then, of course, things got crazy saying that. That really got his attention and then things got crazy. And, of course, he decided to get back in the game. Kind of come up, try to become a rival. So, I remember saying before, rivalry, the, da the, the danger of rivalry is like, if you've seen the series, the two seasons of Cobra Kai, you will know, well, at least at the end of season two, you will see why rivalry is a curse. It's a bad thing. So the worst thing to do is when you're like when you're doing karate or karate in another studio and yet um, you go to another um, karate studio, it means bad thing worst thing is trying to challenge people you know that's the thing you want to be friends with that certain people you know we're all friends here regardless of what style we take you know we're learning little by little of what the style is about you know i took a lot of seminars i met a lot of good people you know it's one um one gentleman that um thinking about it just i'm kind of going off topic here but you know one gentleman from another christ school kind of invited me the talks to some kids in like a thick middle school. Let's just say not troubled kids, but kids that are on that verge of being in the wrong path. But I kind of went there to demonstrate my style 
and kind of give them an idea of what success really is about. I mean, I'm not saying being a black belt will make you a successful business person, but, you know, it'll give you the mentality of um, really going out there and trying to be a better person. That's the whole idea of martial arts. It's not to be like that one person that wants to take on the world. Well, you want to take on the world. You want to be that better person. But you want to be that person that's um, kind of building up your image. Like you're taking everything that you learn from martial arts and kind of put it in a real life situation. If you know for one thing, you're training to get better at everything. So it's no different when you're in school. You're training to know everything. And I mean, that's why we read. That's why we definitely we work on math. We work on like history. And we work on science. So that's the main four subjects. And of course, uh, you have Jim being that's working on your physical appearance. So really, if you're if you're going to school, if you're not training yourself in those four subjects, you know, I'm not saying that all four of your subjects have to be your best, but you have to train yourself in all four of those subjects to really understand how things are in the real world, real real world. So when you're out there getting a job, you know, one thing you're understanding, like one, what's what's the the language of where I'm working, like how things are going to do. Oh, like mostly body language. That probably be like or the things that we say, it's basically English. You know, you got to talk properly to customers and really listen. So basically with English, it's pretty much like listening and communication. So that's the whole concept of English or language arts. And of course, you've got the history. Really know the history of where you where you go. Like, because you might end up putting that in the application of another company. Well, that's kind of thing that happened with, um, I don't know, I'm like I said, I'm going off topic, but I'm kind of explaining something about something. About what's going on with martial arts. So with um, of course with history or should I say social studies. Just think about it. When I was um, laid off for two months and had to um, apply for unemployment. You know they asked questions like when, when was um, the company started. So you know I had to do research and really know when my uh, the company that I was working for when that started. So definitely you want to know your your history. You know, you really want to read into it and know the rules. So that's another uh, English or language arts kind of thing. And then you go into math, knowing how to count and knowing like your arithmetic, like how to count money, how to count like inventory. So that's the whole concept and usually accounting. Yeah, you got to know like how much you spent, how much how much revenue you take, how much profit. So that's math. And then of course you got science, the whole science of everything like like how you, Well, let's just say some places don't evolve science. But you know, really just uh well, basically 
this is not I'm not gonna get into science, but you know, there's most people, most places that only focus on science. You know, mostly bar science. I could say it's like the measurements of um, how you fill uh, a glass or the like the counts of like so you don't overpour because the chances of you overpouring would cost the bar money so you don't want to cost the bar money you want to make sure you're pouring right that's the science and you gotta really learn how to bartend and the thing of of cooking you gotta do that same thing you have to really you gotta really um kind of get into the whole um like the food business, like you gotta measure like how much meat you can put in the burger or how long you can put fries in there. So that's a science. So you gotta know that. Alright, so getting off back in the subject of um Tang Sudo. So just getting you really into the whole style. And then of course lastly, you know, you have like certain terms. Usually the terms are in the Korean Taekwondo, no, not Taekwondo, or Tank Sudo, there, there's different um, terms, of course, um, some of the terms that um, we use in um, the Chuck Norris system, we kind of um, use um, Chumbei, that that's, means ready stance, um, Chi up, that's uh, ready, that's attention, and then Kane would be bow. so that's the terms we kind of use to like begin a class. And then, of course, uh, and then, of course, we kind of evolve into, like, we don't say, like, the techniques in the Korean. We say it in, like, plain English. Like, we say uh, center punch, reverse punch, high block, inside block, outside block. So, pretty much all these terms or all these um, hand techniques are pretty much similar similar to what we teach in the Chuck Norris system of course yeah we got uh yeah spear hand ridge hand hammer fist palm heel elbow gooseneck I mean I never heard that term I mean I would probably would be interested to know what a gooseneck is so I guess this mean you're probably wrapping your hand around somebody's throat and try to choke him and of course side punch that's obvious and then we go into like one finger fist, one finger spear hand, two finger spear hand, the double back fist, double bum. Yeah, so we're getting into it. And of course, we're getting the kicks. All right, front kick, snap kick, uh, ins the inside out heel kick, outside in heel kick. So, I mean, I'm not familiar with most of them, but mostly terms that I'm familiar with, I've trained with, so it's quite easy. All right, so that's the pretty much the techniques. All right, so. All right, so that's pretty much the whole style of Tank Sudo. All right, so pretty much if you want to look into it more, kind of look at videos of what Tank Sudo is all about. So, like I said, this kind of review, this is going back to 75 years when, like, after World War II happened. And, of course, uh, this was after Japan occupied uh, Korea and then everything was kind of organized and 
in the whole um in the whole um country and things are back to normal so and then of course things kind of went from korea and brought to the united states so basically you got people like chuck norris that studied um tank sudu while stationed in korea while he's in the army and then he brought it back here and then presto this is how he created um what he's created today and now we have so many members and get black belts and yet like for me i am really looking forward to being a master rank you know i've gone through four hard black belt tests you know of course i was lucky enough to pass my first two pre-tests to test for my second first and second degree but yet with the third and fourth degree that's where i had to boost it up you know i wasn't successful for the, the first attempt for neither pre-test so that's how it i don't know how it is with um tanks to do i don't know if there's a pre-test or you just tested right there i mean they see you that you're ready then they'll test you all right okay so so i'm glad to be back here in this podcast and um i'm going to be back next week for another side episode so feel free to look at my previous episode on bicbpradio.com on um apple Podcasts and also spotify and i'll see you next time for another session of the kickbot this is tj williams your sensei bowing you out and have a good night wings and going. Is this wings to go? <laughs> Who wants some hot wings? Warning, Seven Wings 6 features food-based stunts and stupid performances, either by the professionals or under the supervision of trained professionals. To ensure that these hot wings are eaten correctly, according to the BICBP and the producers, must insist that no one attempts to recreate or unknowingly eat any of these hot wings. Infernal and suicide wings are no joke. Leave it to the professional idiots that do these stunts and activities. Watch Seven Wings Six. Seven Wings Six. What will we do next? Whatever, Whatever the, the f- we want. want.